Hi, welcome back to Your Family Dog. This is part two with Colleen Pilar, where Tina and I talk with her about whether or not you want to get a puppy or an adult dog, and what are the advantages of one over the other. Hope you enjoyed the first part. Here's part two. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Your Family Dog, a podcast dedicated to helping families love living with dogs. So, Colleen, have you ever seen placing a little bit older dog with a family backfire and be really, really bad? No, I have. I haven't seen that as long as we have a good match between the dog's behavior and personality and the family. There have been cases in which um, families have adopted dogs that aren't the ones that I would have necessarily chosen for them, in which case that can have its own set of challenges. But if we're looking at a good dog with a nice temperament and has the, the basic criteria that this family has chosen and has looked for, I haven't had a situation where the people um, regretted a dog that was older than they had anticipated their desired list. So what would you generally say are must-haves on a list for dog that's going to live in, or puppy, right, that's going to live in the company of children? Absolutely number for me, always, always, always is sociability. I want a really strong social drive. I want a good bounce back from stress. Um, and I want no resource guarding or really, really low levels because there's so much chaos that happens in a house with kids that, you know, napkins are always falling, dirty things are there, sticky fingers are touching all sorts of things. And for your dog to growl because she's holding onto a remote control that is covered with sticky syrup because your kid had waffles this morning. Criteria. I also think looking at the level of activity that this dog um, needs or exhibits is really important because my personality is such that I don't want to give tons of exercise to a dog. I'm, I'm not like, let's go, go for a big hike and then throw a ball for an hour and then go swimming. So, I wasn't looking for the super high drive dog, but some families love that. You just have to have the right match for your family. So those would be my top things. What about you guys? I would agree. I think um, the only thing I might add is a prey drive or a dog dog aggression Mm -hmm. component. And now we have, you know, kids running around the backyard screaming, playing, having a really great time, just being kiddos Um, or sadly, um, dogs who sneak out and have dog directed aggression. And now we have, you know, a mom with a toddler trying to break up an altercation between dogs. Well, you guys, I was just going to say you cover all my bases, social ability, very, very low resource guarding. I want a dog who's, who is resilient, who, cause stuff is going to happen. That's the thing is, you know, is, you know, gates are going to fall over and things are going to drop and people are going to step on the puppy. And I want to see some good resilience. Like, yeah, I kind of like that. And I scary, but I think I'm okay. And I think that's really important. And Tina, you're absolutely right. Um, I hadn't been, I don't think I had articulated it, but it's something that I think I knew in the core of my being is that you don't want a dog who's aggressive towards other dogs because it's so hard then when you're out with the kids to be able to um, manage a dog, aggressive dog and three small children. It's impossible to do. And it makes it 
impossible for you then to go out and right. have a good time with your dog in the park because your eyes on edge. Right. One of my one of my customers who has I think a six month old baby right now and their oldest son is two and a half. They have like a three year old sweet little mixed breed pity cross something. Um, and they were recently on a walk and two dogs came out and charged them while they were on their walk. Now that day she didn't have the dog with her. It was just her walking with the boys. Um, but that would like, it was incredibly anxiety provoking without a dog and with a dog. I think that that situation could have potentially been really, really horrible. Mm -hmm. So um, that is a piece that I think sometimes families don't think about. Um, and again, it wouldn't matter even if it was, you know, my grandmother walking my dog, doing me a favor and taking the dog and the kids for a walk. That's another piece. Like is grandma who has osteoporosis when she's out walking him with, or her with the kids and a dog charges them. Because sadly, while like accidents happen, amazing, responsible dog owners, dogs will get past. They, they will get loose occasionally. And they're going to, even if they're happily running up to the other dog, it may just be startling enough that dogs are startled the way we're startled when we think our guy left for work and, <laughs> and we meet him in the hallway when we don't expect him <laughs> to be there. You know, like... I still like him, but he scared the heebadajeebadas out of me. Did this happen to you recently, <laughs> Tina? No, <laughs> so, it was a so flashback. So see, you're even having flashbacks over this. I mean, I'm, I've got to question your resiliency here, Tina, if you're having these flashbacks. I mean, maybe there's maybe there's a resilience treat. <laughs> well, maybe there's a resiliency trainer we could we could hook you up with somewhere if we only knew somebody who knew something about resiliency. <laughs> so I... So, so yeah, like Colleen knows I would just be, I would just be a pile of heap of is in the corner without being resiliency work. So yeah, <laughs> eroding heap of So yeah, I mean, I think the, the right dog for our home, for our family is a really specialized thing. That's a moving target because the kids are still growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. And when somebody says to me, so we're thinking about adding a dog to the family. I, I'm like, I feel like, you know, kind of like when you, when you do, you watch like a true crime thing and there's like string theory. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> or there's all the lasers. <laughs> it feels a little bit that way. Cause like, Okay, no pressure. We just need the perfect dog for our family. And, I'm, and it can't shed. And I'm like, ah! Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, My okay, nephew I'll called me a couple of weeks ago to, to say they were thinking of getting another dog. And my brain immediately did. I, I love it your analogy of all the lasers and because he was like, can, can I just ask you a couple of questions? We're thinking about adding a dog to our family. And I was like, oh. You know, so many variables and I talked to him for an hour and a half on the phone. And then the next day I get a text, we adopted a dog. It was a picture. And I'm like, awesome. And that's all, 
all working out beautifully, thank God. But I was like, thinking that right. I was them one right. of my advice for, for choosing their dog. That hour and a half of going through all that stuff, that was not that we hadn't covered That's all right. the lasers. This is not, not this is not the go ahead. This is uh, the prelude <laughs> to the introduction to the beginning <laughs> course on why you might want to adopt a dog. It's just, you know, these things can get layer on layer. And people are always saying to me, oh, I, you know, one, they want to know what the, the perfect dog is. And I'm like, the one that's perfect for your family. There is no perfect dog out there. And there's no perfect breed for any given family. It's what's yeah. right for your family. Um, but people want to say, you know, I just, I know you're going to, this is going to sound terrible to you, but I'm not sure that we're ready for a dog. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not all about shoving dogs onto people who don't feel ready for them. That's, that's not where I'm at at all. And if, if this is a point in your life where both you and your wife are traveling, well, not now for COVID, but say you're both traveling in your normal everyday life. If we ever get that back three to five days a week, you might not be a really good dog family, you know, fish. I'm thinking fish, frogs, you know, did you know that, that the only like amphibian in Alaska is this frog that, um, actually freezes under in in the snow in the winter and it has it actually literally freezes and there's something about its blood that it has this natural antifreeze and so in the spring when undone thaws the frog unthaws and has its froggy life until it freezes again i'm thinking that'd be a great pet yeah well you know i'm thinking because all you have to do is toss the frog in the freezer when you go on vacation Right? <laughs> okay, I don't think oh, it's God. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could just put your You can't put just any frog. It has to be the special Alaskan frog, <laughs> Tina. For all of you who have frogs, don't freeze them unless you have this special Alaskan frog <laughs> and that people are studying because it's amazing because they don't get like frostbite or anything else or freezer burn. Um, so, freezer <laughs> burn. You're not cooking them. No, but you can make, I, anyway, oh, I have never, anyway, so, um, I might have to edit out this frog part, but, I mean, the whole, no, it's pretty, but the whole idea being yeah. is that we are not out here saying, one, don't get a dog, or don't get a puppy, what we're saying is, Think about how a puppy can actually fit into your, or a dog can fit into your lifestyle. If a puppy is going to be like way more work than, than what you can handle because you haven't, you already have an infant who needs another one, then, but you really want a dog and you want one in your life, an older dog. But assess your lifestyle too. Maybe it's just that your lifestyle is at a point where adding a dog is just not the right time. And there's not saying you don't like dogs and it's not saying that you'll never get a dog but maybe right now is not the best time. And a professional trainer can help you make some of these decisions if you're open to sort of listening to some of the questions we have to ask and taking these, this, this, our, our you know, prelude course into uh, maybe choosing a dog. So it's, um, there's, no, there's no right one right way to get a dog. There's no one right dog for any given family. And there's a lot of questions that probably need to be asked and answered honestly. And if you can do that, then you'll probably find the right time and the right dog to fit into your life. 
Well, part of it, I think sometimes families do a ton of research. Like, I don't know a lot of families who are like, I don't know, we woke up, we hit our head, we went and got a puppy. Like, they don't really do that. Most of them have done some due diligence and have been told that the la, 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 la is the perfect family. You know, the, the Malin doodle is the best possible family dog that they could have ever dreamed about. And they're like, why is like, they almost feel like they're broken because this is working so abysmally going back to breed bias, the single most terrifying dog I have ever worked with in nearly 30 years, golden retriever. That dog was terrifying. I am not terrified by many dogs. That dog was straight up terrifying. So, you know, think about, we. I think we've talked about this before. Like, I have three siblings. We have the same parents. We were raised in the same household, in the same system, same food, same medical care, same socioeconomic status, same schools. And yet we could not be more deviated from one another, right? We don't even look similar. So if somebody had looked at these four siblings as babies, would they have known who was going to be the nuclear propulsion engineer and which one was going to be the dog trainer and which one was going to be a school teacher? Well, if you need a school teacher, go get a school teacher, I guess that's, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. I'm like, okay, that puppy's great, but you you got a Greek philosopher and you needed a garbage man. And now we, now how are we going to make the Greek philosopher fit into this family? Because sometimes that, like you have a race car driver and your family hikes. Yeah, and I think, I think that's a really important point to tie back into Julie's point about, um, like finding the right dog for you that people are often worried that dogs that are available for adoption have something wrong with them and what's wrong with them might just be that they were a Greek philosopher in a family full of race car drivers and they didn't really fit. Like it was a hard match. It didn't quite work. But if your family is the Greek philosopher kind of family, that dog is going to come into your house, take a big sigh and go, ah, I'm home. And so are you, there'll still be an adjustment, but you'll be like, this is a match. And that isn't a judgment to say that race car drivers and Greek philosophers have different value and one is better than the other, but they're very, very different temperaments. Um, So looking at these adult dogs who, for whatever reason, in their first situation, weren't a match does not mean that they couldn't be a lovely match in your house if you go into it. This really does work better if somebody's helping you, though. I mean, honestly, I think that's a big, big piece. So having a really trusted advisor um, to help you make some decisions about the behavior, because I don't think that most of us are very well versed in dog body language. I mean, I think that it's something that we all think we know, but until until you're taught some of it, I don't think... A lot of people do. I certainly learned a lot through being taught and not just. Oh, I agree. And, and, and watching dogs. You know, I've been watching, I've been training now for, you know, almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And 
I've watched dogs for 20 years. And every year I feel like I can, I know more about body language than I did the year before. The other point I wanted to say is that I, I, I agree, Tina, that I think these people do do a lot of research. That doesn't mean they're asking the right questions. So that was kind of my point was you need to, yes, do your due diligence, do, do your research, but then ask some more questions and maybe ask somebody, am I asking the right questions? Because maybe that's where you're falling short. It's not that you haven't, you know, worked hard to find a good rescue or a good breeder or, you know, a a good shelter. Maybe you just need to ask a few more questions. So. Right. And, and honestly, sometimes the person doesn't know. So this is my, this is going to be an antithesis story, but right. Like the pug Al, I had really specific criteria. I wanted a dog that was super social and was easy that could play with kids and other dogs and kitties and whatever. And we could just trust him. I didn't really care if he was house trained. I can totally do that. Um, I did not want him so infirm that he was recessa pug. Like that was not going to work for me. We were on the tail end of seven years of being hospice. So I, I did not want an elderly dog. But because the universe and God have a sense of humor, we ended up with this five-year-old pug who's awesome. He's absolutely fantastic. And he's all but stone deaf. <laughs> well, well, now there's something completely different, right? It's, and I think the reason the, the rescue didn't know is because pugs are, are so hard of listening. But it, it even took us a while to go, okay, is he ignoring us or... Or is he actually so hard of hearing that he really, he can't hear? So that's not to say that an adult dog that you get out of rescue, that people even know things about, that you can't still get some surprises. You can, you absolutely can. Um, But we got everything on our list. Oh, and, and extra and more, right? Like I got to learn how to use a squeeze light instead of a clicker. And I got to learn how to teach body language cues and um and I got to learn to experience um again how difficult it is for a sensitive dog to communicate with a deaf dog right how how difficult that is you know that I can't explain it to either one of them right I will probably never successfully teach the pug to ring the bell to ask to go outside because from his perspective, the bell is broken. <laughs> it doesn't have a clang. I don't know why right? she wants me to go over so, and hit this um, soundless thing, but whatever. She's weird. <laughs> Which is also true. So, so how old was the oldest, the, the most recent dog that wasn't a itty bitty puppy that we adopted was so Colleen how old is your six we think six okay and I got a 10 year old this year how 16 old was months when you got her yeah no 16 months yeah. There's I mean some she still had she was she was housebroken right. and had some basic manners and stuff but she was still was was puppy like and then yeah. when we got Tex when my daughter got Tex I think Tex was about two and uh, he was a he was a wonderful dog, a wonderful addition to our family, and and really convinced them that they're like no no puppies, 
unless we unless that's the only way we can get ourselves um, a flat coated retriever because Emma and Thomas are convinced my my kids that they need that they have to have a flat coat in their life and so I did have a friend though who I just hooked up with a six year old flat coat and he is he is so much in love with this dog it is just enchanting to see um, and he was a little skeptical about getting and she was like I think she was six she's like four, five or six somewhere in there maybe maybe four but anyway he was a little skeptical getting an older dog but he he told me he says I'm, I'm convinced now this was fabulous she's just a great dog so anyway and uh and he's a single guy who could you know take his dog to work with him and stuff so he could totally have had a puppy but was really excited to get a dog that um he could immediately start doing some really fun things with because yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a super owner, really savvy owner, really skilled. I mean, I think he's got better training skills than I have. So that was fun to see. So getting him an older dog, he can have that. And Tina has just run away. Colleen, what did we say? Well, I think she just figured we'd driven the conversation around long enough. All right. Well, I think that we've been talking for a fairly long time. I'm going to, yes, have to edit some of this out. But anyway, Colleen, thank you so much for joining us again and um, for uh, being um, the wonderful person that you are. I want to do a shout out for your book, Living with Kids and Dogs by Colleen Pilar. If you need to, what questions do I need to ask? The questions are in the book and the answers are there too. Well, and Yes, and her book, Puppy Training for Kids is fabulous. Oh, yes, must absolutely. Haves. Must haves. Must and have. if you do decide to get this puppy, 90 days to the perfect puppy with Tina Spring. It's a terrific program and will get you right on track. And then I just, I'll just, if you're in Ohio, call me. I have to get a publisher first. I've, I did finish writing my book and I'm working on the very first edit. And I have actually signed a um, contract with a developmental editor. So um, hopefully it will be ready to present either for self-publishing or to a publisher within about four months or so. So we'll see what happens. But it, it tell people what it's about. It's, uh, it's about a veterinarian to mythological creatures and uh, the adventures that he has. So it's... I'm um, looking forward to reading that. Right. Well, thank you. Right. <laughs> And I'm hoping next time she'll do like a veterinarian to cryptids. A veterinarian to what? To cryptids, right? So things like the Mothman and oh. Dogman and Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> right? So, so known cryptids. Oh, okay. Well, my sister did give me a book for research purposes called Bigfoot Sightings in Ohio. So... <laughs> there are a lot there are i was stunned i was absolutely stunned i was like who knew he had such a range but uh all right well tina you may have inspired me for the night for the sequel here (laughs) (laughs) kelly's just shaking her head going this is why i don't do this with them anymore (laughs) that's right frozen frogs and cryptids it has been a (laughs) wide-ranging conversation (laughs) all right well thanks everybody for joining us and we'll see you all next time on your family dog thanks for listening to your family dog got questions interesting idea visit www.yourfamilydogpodcast.com to share your thoughts
please like us and subscribe to us on Facebook and other social media and wherever you get your podcasts, as that will help others to find us. And five-star reviews are always welcome. Thanks.